السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين I'm uh, really honored to be here today again this is our first Quran for family uh, you know gathering for this year and um, you know this topic about prayer about having a meaningful prayer and about connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through prayer is a very dear topic to me and alhamdulillah I've been doing a lot of research for the past three months on this topic to try to give you a new flavor a new angle to salat and to experience the meanings behind the salat especially for those of you who don't understand Arabic can I see the hands up for those of you who don't understand Arabic okay so mostly the majority here right and uh, that's really one of the obstacles I know behind salah but the idea here is it's about time we upgrade our prayers right we've been praying for so many years maybe just uh, you know doing it for the sake of I don't know exercise for you know the sake of making sure that we're getting our fara'id done and out of the way but I think that salah has more to offer to all of us and you know we haven't really done justice to this topic. No one has really taught us how to have a really spiritually uplifting salah experience. And so, you know, this is my attempt today to share with you a few gems. This is a huge topic, by the way, and for me to do justice to it in, you know, two or three hours is not going to be enough. We need to spend hours and hours on this topic, but I'm just going to try to share with you some of the gems, some of the meanings behind this beautiful, beautiful topic of divine connection. Now, why did I call it divine connection? Who can tell me? Because uh, this is the thing that connects us with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And salah in the Arabic language actually comes from the root word sila, which means connection. And so the word salah in the Arabic language actually means our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is our way of connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, if you think about a telephone conversation, right? If you want to talk to Allah, you pray. And if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to talk to you, what do you do? You read Quran. Okay, so there's a two-way conversation happening. And this is our chance to talk to none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's really, really a special occasion, a special experience that we have five times a day. And, you know, it's really worth the, uh, the effort that you're going to put in for, you know, be patient with me, a couple of hours, two to three hours, inshallah. But... Insha'Allah, all of us will walk out today with an upgraded salah, insha'Allah. That's, that's going to be my attempt, insha'Allah, today. So, let's do a quick background here, right? The Prophet, ﷺ, he was going through really tough times. Um, you know, it's known as the year where he went through a lot of emotional issues. People in his life who were very near and dear to him died. Who, who knows who died in this year? Yes? So Khadija Radha, his, his first wife, died in this year. At the same time, the same year, his grandfather died, his uncle died, Abu Talib. So it's a pretty tough year for him. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what he's going through. He also is a human being. He has emotions. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to invite him to the famous journey of Isra wal Mi'raj. So the Prophet ﷺ travels literally from Mecca to Jerusalem and then is lifted up on the Buraq, the company of Jibreel ﷺ, to the highest levels of Jannah to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifts him the gift of salah. 
So this is very important for you to understand the context of Salah. It was gifted to the Prophet ﷺ because he was going through difficult times. In other words, Salah was gifted to the Prophet ﷺ to make him happy. To make him have that inner peace. And it is no surprise that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever it was time to pray, he would tell his Mu'adhin Bilal, Rihna biha ya Bilal. Give us comfort with it, O Bilal. So in other words, salah for him was a means of comfort. It was a means of attaining that inner peace, which is something that everyone in this world is after. At the same time, the Prophet ﷺ also in another hadith said that, جُعِلَتْ قُرَّةَ عَيْنِي فِي الصَّلَاةِ That in salah, the coolness of my eyes has been given to me. You guys know what coolness of the eyes means? For the Arabs in the desert, this was an idiom or a, or a statement to reflect extreme, extreme levels of happiness. For, a, for someone in the desert who, ha, who has no access to water, when he sees water after a long, long journey, that feeling of seeing water in the middle of the desert, that is called Qurrat al-Ain. When his, when his eyes literally tear from the happiness. And, Allah, and the Prophet ﷺ is saying that salah is the coolness of my eyes, subhanAllah. Just think about it, right? This is how special and how near and dear Salah is to the Prophet ﷺ. He loved this experience. This for him was the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he used to look forward to. So much so that the Sahaba and the Prophet ﷺ, they used to not only pray the five fara'id, right? What did they used to do at night? They used to wake up in the middle of the night to pray. Now, I know for most of us, including myself, waking up in the middle of the night to pray is a pretty difficult task. Yes, hands up for, you, for those of you who agree. Yes, so it's, it's very difficult for us. It seems, you know, with, with the schedules we have nowadays, it seems very difficult. But for them, it was super easy. They would spend hours and hours and they would not complain. Now, why is that? Why is that? Very simply because they enjoyed Salah. There's no other explanation for this. They enjoyed, the Salah gave them that happiness, that inner peace. And that is why they could do it. That is why they would look forward to doing it at night. So, inshallah, to, by the end of today's talk, this is what I'm going to be trying to do is link Salah to our happiness and inner peace. How many of you want inner peace and happiness in your life? Yes, we all need it, right? Especially in times where, you know, the Muslims, unfortunately, you know, are going through tough times, right? These are times where most people are sad, most people are upset. There's so many problems going on on earth, so many wars. Muslims are going through all, ki all kinds of difficulties, um, poverty, sickness, family issues. You know, there's so many things that are causing grief and sadness and suffering in the world today, especially for Muslims. And so we need salah more than ever. We need to, salah to give us that positivity in our lives, right? And that is really my approach today, is to show you the positive side of salah, show you how salah can make your life happier and make you, inshallah, live a life of inner peace because that's what every single human being on the face of this earth wants. We all want peace and happiness. That's what we're striving for. Some people seek that in you know, buying a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce, right? Some people seek that in buying a big house. Some people seek that by getting married. But Trust me, nothing will give you inner peace and happiness like the closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like this, uh, you know, khushur in your salah. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever he talks about salah in the Quran, he never ever says sallu. He never says pray. What does he say? He says aqimu salah. Al-muqimina salah. Alladhina yuqimuna salah. So what is this word yuqimun? What does aqimu mean? This qiyam, what does it mean? Many meanings. One of the simplest meanings is establishing salah. Praying it the proper way. Giving it its right, you know, due. Praying it appropriately. So it's, it's not just quantity of salah. It's not the quantity of rak'ahs that we're interested in. What are we interested in? Quality, quality prayers. That's basically what aqimu salah means. And why did I pick, put the picture of the iceberg? It's because unfortunately we're living in times today where we are obsessed only with external appearances, right? We are interested in our children praying. When it's time to pray, what do we tell our children? Get up and pray. How many parents tell their, pray, their children, it's time to do iqamat salah It's time to straighten our prayers. It's time to connect with Allah. You see the approach? Totally different approach, right? And so this is what we need to instill in our children from now, is the fact that we're not interested in numbers. It's not a numbers game. It's about quality. And you know, there's numerous hadiths of the Prophet ﷺ describing to us how certain sahabi, like there was a sahabi who once was praying and the Prophet ﷺ was watching him. And so the sahabi, you know, he finished his prayers. As he was approaching the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ told him, go back and pray. You have not prayed. So the Sahabi was confused. I just prayed to Raka'ah, Ya Rasulullah. Anyway, Sahabi doesn't want to argue with the Prophet so he goes back, prays another two Raka'ahs, comes back, the Prophet tells him, go back and pray, you haven't prayed. So this happens three times, third time, the Sahabi is like, Ya Rasulullah, this is how I know how to pray. Please tell me, what am I doing wrong? Where, where is it that I'm going wrong? And the Prophet says, that you need to pray with itma'nan, right? You're just concerned with numbers. He was doing like cardi cardio exercise, right? Have you seen those salahs? Where it's like fast twin turbo salah, where you don't even remember which surahs you've read, and it, you're, there's 10,000 things in your mind, and you, you know, you're just doing it because it's time to pray, and that's it. This is the type of prayer he was doing. So the Prophet told him, no, the way you properly pray is you know, you have itma'nan in your position. So when you stand, you're standing and you're reciting salah until you feel that itma'nan. What does itma'nan mean? It means that peace, that tranquility. When you finish reciting, you say, Allahu Akbar, you go down into ruku' you know, 90 degrees, and you stay there and you keep saying, Subhana Rabbi al Azim, Subhana Rabbi al Azim. You keep saying it until when? Until you feel that inner peace and tranquility until you feel satisfied. Then you get up, say Samia Allahu liman hamida. Stay there standing until you feel that inner peace and tranquility. Then go down into sujood. Stay there. Keep saying Subhana Rabbi al-A'la until you feel that peace and tranquility. This is the instruction of the Prophet. This is how the Prophet would teach the Sahaba to pray. And so, you know, we need to also learn from these lessons, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, in the Quran, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ That we need to use salah 
to gain patience. We need to use patience and salah. And this salah is going to be heavy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be big. It's going to be a big task, except for those who have what? Khushu'ah. Okay? And for most people today, especially children, is salah easy or difficult? Hands up for those of you who say difficult. Yes, it's, it's kabira, right? For most people, it's kabira, it's heavy. It's like a big task. Oh, it's time to pray again. We just prayed, Lord, it's Asr now. We just prayed Asr. It's, it's Maghrib already, right? And so it's become a heavy task. Why? Because we don't have khushu'ah. Allah is saying only those who have khushu'ah, for them it will be, be easy. It will be enjoyable. It will be an amazing experience. As for those who don't have khushu'ah, those who don't have quality, for them salah will be heavy. So today's talk is about the depth of salah. I'm, I'm not going to be talking about the fiqh of salah. We're not going to be talking about, you know, whether you need to pray like this or like this or like this, whether you need to do tashahud like this or like this or like this. We're not going to, whether you want to, whether you're supposed to say salam alaikum like this or like this, we're not going to do any of that. If you want fiqh of salah, go ask a sheikh, go ask a scholar. I'm not a sheikh, I'm not a scholar. I'm just here to share with you some of my humble views of my studies of how to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, through spiritual and self-development. So I'm interested in the deeper stuff, not the outside, ex you know, the external factors. I'm interested in the, in the core of salah, the real depth of salah. And so the Prophet ﷺ has said, pray as you see me pray. And, you know, most of the books that are written about this hadith talk about what? External or internal salah? External, right? How you're supposed to pray, what you're supposed to say, and all these things. Well, why don't we understand this hadith to also mean that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, pray as you see me pray, meaning pray just like I have khushu' in my prayer, try to have that same level of khushu' in your prayers. Why do we understand this hadith to only mean external description of salah? It could also mean that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, pray with khushu' just like you see me praying with khushu'. Right? So that's really the, the understanding that I am going to inshallah use with my talk today. And so when it comes to salah, one thing that we you know, often do is get carried away with the how and the what. What am I supposed to say in salah? How am I supposed to stand? How am I supposed to sit? How am I supposed to do ruku'? These are the external factors. What's the deeper meaning? What's the more important area that we have to discuss? The why, right? Why we need to pray. And this is especially relevant to those of you who have children who don't want to pray. You need to stop talking to them about external. You need to start explaining to them what salah means. Why they need to pray. What's in it for them. What are the benefits of salah in our lives? This is something that we need to all understand and this is something that we need to explain to our children. Only then will they start loving salah. Only then will they start enjoying salah. And so part one of my talk, we're going to be talking about this idea of programming. Salah programs us. And you know the word Rabb in the Arabic language is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And it comes from the word Terbiya in the, in, the, in the Arabic language, which means upbringing, which is a form of programming if you think about it, right? Parents are murabbiyun. They upbring their children. The Ministry of Education is, is called Wazarat al-Tarbiyah wa taalim Why? Because schools program children. So what are some of the things that program us? 
Number one, our parents. Number two, media. Number three, school, friends. Social media, internet, movies, songs, whatever, whatever it is. All of the stuff around us is what's constantly programming us. Now, listen to this. Allah's name is Ar-Rabb. And one of the beautiful meanings of this name is that he is the one who has taken it upon himself to program us to think the way we should think to live a happy and, and a life of inner peace. So he has sent down the Quran to do tarbiyah to us, Quranic tarbiyah. He has sent the prophets down to us as examples for us to do tarbiyah to us. And so he wants us to be molded into this perfect human being, right? This human being who can attain that happiness and inner peace. And so if we followed his teachings in the Quran, if we followed the teachings of the prophets, we would live that life of happiness and inner peace. But who is molding us today? Is it Allah or is it shaitan? If you think about it, who is molding us today? Who is molding our children today? What do you think? Hands up for those of you who think Allah is molding us through Quran. Okay, what about those of you who think that no, shaitan is molding us and our children? Okay, many hands in between, still confused, right? But I hope you understand this meaning of Rabb, right? The Murabbi, he wants to mold us into this perfect human being. So, we, so in other words, all of us have that potential to reach this level. It's, it's your commitment to how, how much you want to stick to the teachings of the Qur'an, how much you want to connect with the Qur'an, how much you're going to allow Allah to, to mold you into what you want to be. So most people, unfortunately, are praying what we call the checklist salah. For them, it's just about a checklist. I prayed Fajr, 